Hey, good morning. Isn't it great to be in God's house today? Okay, don't get so excited about it. It's bad for your heart. Um, we are so tremendously privileged to be here. I think this is our third time uh, to be privileged to speak here at Radiant, and uh, we're looking forward to what God has in store. And let me just highlight something uh, that Pastor Chris said, and I think maybe in the announcement as well, is that um, tonight at some time, is it 6? Six o'clock tonight at six o'clock, we're going to be back here, and uh, I'm going to be teaching on the Holy Spirit tonight. But I'm going to be teaching uh, on kind of the whole framework of how the Holy Spirit works and moves. Have you ever struggled with the feeling, is that me? Is that the Holy Spirit? And kind of working through some of those dimensions, and after the fact, sometimes it's difficult to try to kind of process things. We're going to talk about how the mind and the spirit work together, and we're going to have an incredible time at the end in receiving more of the Holy Spirit's power. If you have not yet personally experienced the fullness of baptism in the Holy Spirit, tonight's your night. And if you've already experienced it, some of you have been around a long time. How many have been around a long time? You can tell because when you raise your hand, there's a cobweb that stretches from your elbow to your knee or something like that. But uh, if you've been around or you've experienced the things of the Spirit a lot before, God wants to take you in greater depths tonight. And we're going to experience His goodness and just let the wind blow a little bit and see what, see what God will do among us. So anybody interested in experiencing more from the Lord? So bring your uh, Tim Hortons coffee or whatever and experience that. So um, I wanted to say thanks so much uh, to this church for, for your kindness towards us. You guys have been so gracious over the years towards us and letting us uh, even camp out here. So we really appreciate uh, your kindness. If you're interested um, in praying for us. So we're getting ready to hit pretty close our 30-year anniversary on the road traveling, teaching on the Holy Spirit. In all of these years, God has graciously sent us to all, all over the U.S., every state, every province of Canada, and I think it's like 60 nations and change now. And um, we, we love so much the, those that will pray for us, remember us in prayer. If you grab one of our prayer cards, it has a picture of our family, hint, hint, on the... Uh, there we go. So this is our whole crew. So uh, on the left is our son, Braden and his wife, Olivia, that are here today. And then on the other side is our middle son, Dolan, and his wife, Belle, that are pastors in Texas. And then in the middle is our youngest son, Barrett, that's a sophomore at SAGU, the Assemblies of God University outside of Dallas. So that's our crew. But I hope you'll pray for us. We really deeply appreciate that. This next week we'll be in Virginia, and then the next week after that, we're in Pennsylvania, but Wichita, Kansas is our home base, so pray for us. Um, we, the KU uh, lost this past week, um, and I know it's probably a little, little brittle around here right now today too, right? Yikes. Man alive. Anyway, we'll have, we'll have a special cry session at the end of the service today. All right. Hey, if you're interested, there are some books and other materials in the back that will help you grow in the things of the Spirit. We never make a big deal about them, but they're back there. Our newest book is this one called Goodbye Chicken, Hello Dove. And it's all about how the Holy Spirit can help you overcome the weakness that you feel. Like if you had limitless resources, limitless ability, limitless education, limitless whatever, don't you think you would do more for the Lord? And But for some reason, we believe our own limiting interior narrative that says, well, you know, you can't because of X, Y, Z. And this is all about how the Holy Spirit helps you overcome that. And if you are new to the baptism in the Spirit, this little book called Want More, it will absolutely change your life. It answers questions about spirit baptism. And over the years, literally 
thousands of people have been baptized in the Holy Spirit while reading this little book. And really, really helpful. There's some other stuff back there if you're interested. All right, well, let's talk for a few moments about embracing the Holy Spirit. How many of you have ever been at like a family dinner or something, maybe Thanksgiving, and there's a spectrum of your relatives of who you want to hug and who you don't want to hug, right? And so, you know, you got like everybody has that one relative. I don't know, maybe it's like an uncle or something that's 10 feet tall. And, you know, whenever you hug, you end up right squarely in their, in their armpit that has not been properly scrubbed. Or else, you know, my dad taught me years ago, there's a certain relative, won't mention their name. Uh, but uh, when, when they would come in at the family dinner or something like that, he's like, you just plant your elbow on your hip bone like this, shake hands and kind of bend down like this, and that makes sure you're a cubit away and you can't be pulled in for a hug, you know. You remember that. That helps. But then there's grandma. How many of you know when you see grandma, there's just like no resistance, unless yours is like a serial killer or something, but there's no resistance. And grandma hugs, you just get sucked into the vortex. Grandmas are covered with two inches of Tempur-Pedic all the way around, and you just, you know, you just get sucked in. And it's grandma, and, and she smells like apple cobbler and mothballs and Jean Nate all in one, you know, and you just, I mean, it's just different. You can see by, you know, just the different responses that you have towards people. Well, the same thing happens in probably there's a spectrum for each one of us on how we approach and how we welcome, how we would embrace the Holy Spirit. For some, when you think of the Holy Spirit, there's probably a lot of concern. Maybe you come from uh, uh, maybe a different Christian uh, traditional background that says, you know, hey, you've got to be really afraid of the Holy Spirit because you never know what he might do and you don't want to become weird, right? And then there are others that your encounter and experience with the Holy Spirit has just been, you know, really awesome and there's been no issue with it. Let me say, and you don't probably know me well enough to trust me yet, but let me just propose to you that if you have had some sort of experience involving the Holy Spirit that had some sort of negative connotation, that the negative part didn't come from the Holy Spirit. It came from the person who was trying to represent the Holy Spirit. Because the Holy Spirit only does God things. In fact, if you want to define who the Holy Spirit is, the Holy Spirit simply is God's personal spirit. When we think of the Holy Spirit, we're not thinking of someone else outside of the being of God. We're not thinking about some kind of archangel on a power trip or something like that. We're thinking of God's personal spirit who only does God things. And this morning, I, I pray that in the next few moments that each one of us will get to the spot where we're more willing and more open. We lower our guard more to receive and embrace the things of the spirit. That we unlock our screen door, we unlock our front door. A matter of fact, we open it wide open, put the welcome mat out. We have a nice warm platter of chocolate chip cookies inside the entry room of our heart, and we just welcome the Holy Spirit to come and move in our lives in a greater way. How many of you would like to have more of the Holy Spirit's work in your life, right? So let me ask you some diagnostic questions real quick, and maybe you'll find yourself on this spectrum of answers. So question number one, what place does the Holy Spirit have in your life? And here are some options, and you can kind of find, it's kind of a vague question, but it's designed to be that way. Where do, you, where do you kind of find yourself and how you think about and welcome the Holy Spirit in your life? 
And then the second question, how would you describe your knowledge of the Holy Spirit? Are you the quiz master, you know, or are you the mere Padawan, you know, with the braid? I mean, where do you find yourself, where do you find yourself on that? And, and um, I, you know, I think all of us through Christian humility would say, well, I always want to know more and experience more, and that's a, a good spot to be. The final one, what is your posture in welcoming the Holy Spirit? You know, there are literally people that have been taught that you can trust Jesus. You can trust the Father. After all, he has the throne. But you can't trust the Holy Spirit. There have been people that have been taught this, which is entirely unbiblical, that if you open up to the Holy Spirit, you're opening up to all spirits. That sounds pretty fearful, doesn't it? Jesus would say even in Luke 11, 11, that if you ask him for the things of the Spirit, that you will only receive the good protected gift. You're not going to open yourself up to snakes and scorpions. You're only going to receive the Holy Spirit himself because he's God's personal spirit. So I want to invite you, if you would, to stand up with me just for a moment. We're going to read the Word of God out loud together off the screen. And I promise you it's going to be the best thing you've seen or heard all day long. And uh, we're going to take a look at some teaching Jesus gave during the window of the Last Supper, somewhere between the prime rib and the cheesecake. Um, He gave them instructions about anticipating and welcoming the Holy Spirit. In fact, the whole overarching principle of the Last Supper discourse, which the vast majority of it is on the Holy Spirit, over two-thirds, in this portion of Scripture, he's trying to set them into a place where they welcome and embrace the Holy Spirit in a greater way. In fact, you'll find this as we read this narrative or this uh, this uh, teaching I guess it isn't a narrative, too, because it's what he did. But you'll find in this portion that Jesus is trying to say to them, okay, look, if you trust me, trust my Holy Spirit. He's going to pick up where I leave off. So you ready to read together? Okay, let's look at it together. If you love me, obey my commandments, and I will ask the Father, and he will give you another advocate who will never leave you. He is the Holy Spirit who leads into all truth. The world cannot receive him because it isn't looking for him and doesn't recognize him, but you know him because he lives with you now and later will be in you. I am telling you these things now while I am still with you, but when the Father sends the advocate as my representative, that is the Holy Spirit, he will teach you everything. And will remind you of everything I have told you. But I will send you the advocate, the spirit of truth. He will come to you from the Father and will testify all about me. But in fact, it is best for you that I go away. Because if I don't, the advocate won't come. If I do go away, then I will send him to you. And when he comes, he will convict the world of its sin and of God's righteousness, and of the coming judgment. There is so much more I want to tell you, but you can't bear it now. When the Spirit of truth comes, He will guide you into all truth. He will not speak on His own, but will tell you what He has heard. He will tell you about the future. He will bring me glory by telling you whatever He receives from me. All that belongs to the Father is mine, This is why I said the Spirit will tell you whatever he receives from me. Let's pray together. Father, thank you so much for your word. 
thank you, Lord, that you've preserved it through the ages so we can have an exterior, external auditor on reality, not just what I think and my conclusions and my conjectures, but what you think and what is true reality framed by our Creator. And Lord, today we intentionally choose to subordinate our thoughts and opinions and conjecture and lay it at the feet of your word. Lord, help us to not think like us. Help us to think like you. Impart your wisdom and knowledge and truth and perspective into our lives that so easily get blurred by the culture around us. Lord, help us to welcome the Spirit of God to come and work and move in our lives in ever-increasing ways. And I pray today, Lord Jesus, following your pattern of ministry on earth, you always taught and healed hand in hand. And we welcome you today, Lord. Come and do what only you can do. Lord, would you release your healing virtue in this room right now? God, that you would fill your people with strength and healing and grace. Lord, not only physically, but emotionally and in every way. We thank you, Jesus. Even teaching today that people will be healed in their seats, people watching online will experience your grace, even falling upon them right now. Thank you for doing it, Lord. Amen. 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 You can be seated if you like, or you can remain standing and be a public spectacle, your call. Well, let me give you just a few truths this morning that will help each one of us uh, more readily embrace the Holy Spirit in our lives rather than giving them the stiff-armed hug or the distant high five and uh, really kind of come to Him without guard and without fears and without apprehensions. The first truth is that the Holy Spirit is divine. Now, when we hear the word divine, it kind of has an archaic language thing about it. And a lot of times, one of the most common usages of the word divine in current English, American English, is a highfalutin compliment on a good dinner. The foie gras was divine, whatever, you know, or the, if you're not at that level, the nuggies, you know, wherever you're at on that. I mean, that was divine. But divine simply means being of, about, or emanating from God. The Holy Spirit is not only emanating from God, the Holy Spirit is God. Now, this raises the question of kind of how God is comprised, and honestly, there's not a lot of, I mean, there's sufficient information in the Bible, but it's not enough to answer all of our questions, and, but the Bible reveals to us that God is one being, fact number one about how God is made up. We don't serve three gods. God is one God. How many of you are monotheists? You worship one God, right? It's pretty streamlined. But then the second fact, and it's subordinate, that even though God is one being, he has forever revealed himself in, with the three distinct persons of the Godhead or Trinity, God the Father, God the Son or Jesus, and God the Holy Spirit. So when we think of the Holy Spirit, we're not thinking about somebody else. We're thinking about 
God's personal spirit. Now, there are 16 biblical names for the Holy Spirit, at least. And I want to show you them real quick to give you an idea and look at how deity is expressed in the names of the Holy Spirit. So these are the scripture references just the first time that this particular verse is, or this particular label is used, Spirit of God, Spirit of the Lord, the Good Spirit, Holy Spirit. God calls him my spirit, the Lord's spirit, the spirit of truth, the spirit of Jesus, um, the life-giving spirit, God's spirit, one and only spirit, his Holy Spirit, Paul says of the Lord, the spirit of his son, his spirit, the spirit who makes you holy, and the sevenfold spirit, which speaks of him being complete and entire and lacking nothing. And so we have the idea here, a lot of people still think, you know, they, they look at the Holy Spirit kind of with head at a 15-degree angle and saying, I'm just not really sure. When you open up to the Holy Spirit, you are opening up to God. That was a great spot to say amen or I'll drink to that or whatever you say around here. All right. So secondly, the Holy Spirit is trustworthy. When we think of the Holy Spirit, we're, again, we're not looking at him saying, well, you know, probably nine times out of ten he does things right, but, you know, everybody has an off day. We're thinking about God's perfect action. If you look at the words, his label, Holy Spirit, holy simply means perfect, right? And then spirit doesn't mean ghost. In fact, it's an, an entirely different word for ghost. I know um, older versions of the Bible, which are great and accurate, um, but in the time frame, for example, the King James was translated, they would use Holy Ghost and Holy Spirit interchangeably. It's an entirely different word in, the, in both Hebrew and Greek for ghost than it is spirit, ghost being disembodied, you know. Like, for example, in the Greek, it's phantasma. It's where we get phantasm from. And phantasma, disembodied, dead person, spirit. That word ghost is never used for the Holy Spirit. That was a literary uh, liberty that the King James translators took place. It's always pneuma, spirit, invisible, right? So this helps us because we can trust he's going to do things perfect, but we're just not going to see him, perceive him with our five senses the way we're most comfortable in perceiving with. So the Holy Spirit is trustworthy. Jesus says, uh, go back please, he, he will teach you everything so there's nothing he can't teach you. He will teach you everything and will remind you of what? Everything who has told us? Jesus. So I don't know about you, uh, sometimes I have a little few memory issues, and like we have all these awesome Chi Alpha students here, and don't you wish you had the Holy Spirit to help you remember everything for the test? Well, he'll help you remember everything Jesus told you, which is pretty good, and you still have to study, but you, you do, you have divine assistance even with your memory. That's pretty incredible. He'll remind you of everything I have told you. You can trust him because he's telling you what Jesus says. And then Jesus says, I will send you the advocate. So um, depending on which English translation you're reading, it's comforter, counselor, um, helper. It gets a little more squishy. And then friend is probably way too vague because it's not the word friend. It's the word, you probably have heard this before because you have great teachers here, but it's a Greek word, parakletos, para, like parallel lines alongside, right? And kaleo, the root word, to summon or to call. In current English usage, I believe this word advocate summarizes parakletos better than any current word because, you know, language morphs. We think of a, an advocate for an at-risk child. They're 
court-appointed because they're looking out for the child's best interest. They're summoned alongside to help, you know, an advocate in that way, someone wiser, someone stronger, like your Mr. Miyagi kind of an idea, you know, to come alongside and help. The Holy Spirit is trustworthy. Jesus says, I will send you the advocate, the spirit of what? truth. He will come to you from the Father and will testify all about me, Jesus said. You can see he's vouching for the Holy Spirit so they'll more warmly embrace him. Number three, the Spirit is recognizable. You know right away when it's the Holy Spirit. Now, a lot of people, for example, like uh, will receive spirit baptism tonight. Maybe you came from a background where, you know, you weren't sure, and maybe you came from a background where they I'm not sure the spirit baptism thing is for me or it's real or whatever. And so they're taught that, you know, you might, again, if you open up to the spirit, you're in real sketchy territory. You might get, you know, some other terrible thing, or you might get the, you know, stomach virus or something like that. But it's not that way. You know the spirit. For example, how many of you sense God's presence today during excellent worship that we had? And we know we go through times when you don't feel the presence of God. What are you sensing when you sense and feel the presence of God? You are sensing the Holy Spirit in your life in that moment. And this is important because like, there's probably never been a time in church or in worship or when you're reading the Bible when you've, in those certain seasons, you've been extra aware of him. Sometimes, again, we're tired or fatigued or whatever. We don't sense him. But when, when normally your gauges are okay on the dashboard and you're able to perceive him, you've never in a church service gone, hey, wait a minute, what am I feeling? Who is this? You knew right away because the moment you're saved, the Holy Spirit comes to live inside of you, the Bible says, and he doesn't leave. Even when you're, uh, the, you don't sense him, he's still there. A lot of people make the mistake and they go by their feelings and say, the Holy Spirit's only here when I smear some peanut butter on my finger and, and the dove of the Holy Spirit flies in when I'm singing that one song and then I feel him and then when I leave, he flies away. He lives inside of you from the moment of your salvation onward as a Christian. And that's really important to be confident to know that he's with you. Maybe you're like the only believer in your home or the only believer in your dorm or whatever, and you go home. When you go back home, you kind of, in your brain, you go, oh, I feel so charged up spiritually, but now I've got to kind of acquiesce to the environment around. No, you bring the more powerful environment with you uh, when you come in that area. He's recognizable. He is the Holy Spirit. Um, go back, please. Who leads you into all truth? The world cannot receive him. The world is the lost because it isn't looking for him and doesn't recognize him. But you know him, and he says he is with you now and will be in you later because Jesus hadn't died yet on the cross and risen again from the dead. And that's what it took. The resurrection is what it took for people to fully be born again in this New, Christ, New Testament Christian sense, and the Holy Spirit would come to live inside of them. So it's kind of a weird window of time that he prophesies this. But he's like, look, the Holy Spirit will be in you, and you'll recognize him. Number four, the Spirit is revelatory. In fact, on some ways, you could say the Spirit's ministry of revelation um, maybe could summarize the vast majority of what he does. He reveals, and we, if you look at the verbs in John 14 and then 15, 26 and chapter 16, the Last Supper Discourse, all of the verbs about the Holy Spirit are revelatory. He will teach you, lead you, guide you, direct you, reveal to you. And so there is so much more I want to tell you now, Jesus says. He knows that, that this Last Supper is like 
the, the stopwatch is now clicking down in its final seconds. He's going to be arrested later on that night. He's going to go to the Passion of the Cross. And then uh, he's going to be uh, raised again on the third day. And then after 40 days, ascend into heaven. And, and, and it's over considering his physical presence in one carbon-based life form on the earth. And he's trying to say, I am transferring all that you look to me for, I'm transferring over to the Holy Spirit's ministry, and he's going to pick up where I left off. And what did Jesus do when he was with them? He taught them. He led by example. He revealed to them the kingdom of God. There's so much more I want to tell you, but you can't bear it now. We're not exactly sure what that means. Is it, you know, you don't have the hard drive capacity, or you're not prepared for it, or or you can't handle the truth yet, or whatever it might be. But then he goes on to say, you can almost hear the sigh in his voice, but when the Spirit comes, he's going to pick up where I left off. He is going to um, guide you into all truth. He's not going to speak on his own initiative, but it will tell you what he has heard. And the next verse, he says, he'll speak of what I tell him, which is really an important biblical principle because if you've ever sensed the Holy Spirit's leading a guidance and voice in your life, how many have ever heard the Holy Spirit speak to you? If you're saved, you have because he convicted you of your sin before you were saved. You have heard not specifically the Holy Spirit speak, but most technically, theologically, you have heard what Jesus told the Holy Spirit to speak to you. That is a major difference uh, because everything the Spirit does finally is Jesus-focused. The Spirit is Jesus-focused. And so... Look at that next one, if you would. Everything the Holy Spirit does points you back to Jesus. He's not over here going, hey, I've got my own thing going on over here. Party at my place. Everything the Holy Spirit does focuses back to Jesus. Everything of his ministry is pointing to Jesus. Jesus said, he, the Spirit, will bring me, Jesus, glory by telling you whatever he receives from me, Jesus. All that belongs to the Father is mine, belongs to Christ. This is why I said the Spirit will teach you, tell you, reveal to you whatever he receives from me. That John 16, 15 verse is just chock full of Godhead language, isn't it? You can think about this. Everything that belongs to the Father, Jesus says, is mine. That's why I said whatever the, you receive from the Spirit, you're receiving from me. He takes what belongs to Christ and he delivers it to us. Do you see the unity within the Godhead here and how some of this stuff works? In fact, it could theologically be said that the way we receive from God is through the ministry of the Holy Spirit. And for us to have some kind of a stiff postured response to God, your elbow firmly planted on your hip bone, and really trusting the Father, really trusting Jesus, but not really being so sure about the Holy Spirit dramatically limits your spiritual potentials. It dramatically limits how much you receive from God. But when you say, Holy Spirit, I trust you, all you do is reveal the things of Jesus to me, it throws wide open your spiritual possibilities and potentials and into new spiritual and supernatural realms. In fact, God can blow your mind at how the Holy Spirit works. Um, the beginning of this past year, um, or yeah, this year, we were in, in January in Muskogee, Oklahoma, which is, maybe you know the hymn from there, right? But um, it, we, were, we were ministering on the Native American reservation for the Cherokee, and there's another 
potah or something like there that, that's also there. And at the end of the, the service, we were doing multiple days in one of our conferences there. And at the last service, we were doing a healing service because Jesus loves to heal people. And, and at the end of the service, uh, we had a season of prayer, people praying for each other. And then we had a, a string of testimonies, people coming up. I was healed of that. I had heartworms. I had, you know, whatever it was, and uh, rabies and mange and all these other things. that so they were healed of that night. Actually, some pretty cool healings of blindness and some other stuff. And so we had season of prayer, and then we had this parade of testimonies. It was wonderful. Well, during the season of prayer and the parade of testimonies, I began to wrestle with a word of knowledge. If you don't know what a word of knowledge is, it's just kind of one of those, one of the nine manifestation gifts of the Spirit, 1 Corinthians chapter 12, 8 through 11, where God gives you a little nugget of data that doesn't come from your own thinking processes or conjecture or observation or sleuthing. And it, it, this, this little bit of data or information is used to assist in ministry. It's a revelatory gift that God gives. And so often, you know, you don't have any context on it, so often it raises more questions for you than it provides answers. And the default setting for a word of knowledge is to pray about it, you know, until you know what God wants you to do about it. But during this end of the service, during the prayer time and during the testimony time, I'm going on and operating, but in my heart and my spirit, I'm wrestling with this word of knowledge because it was really bizarre. So I'm trying to think, well, Lord, you know, can you, can you give me a little more? Lord, can I buy a vowel? You know, I'm trying to find like the next, you know, next little bit and nothing's coming. And now it's the end of the service. The last testimony has been given. The pastor is walking towards the stage to take the microphone and send everybody home. And as, he, as he's coming forward, I say, hey, folks, listen, as pastor comes, I just, I've been wrestling with something. I've been praying about it. And I'm, I'm not 100% sure intellectually because that's not how the Holy Spirit works. But I'm as sure as I can be through prayer that I believe this is from the Holy Spirit, but it doesn't make any sense to me. And how many of you would give this guy some slack, you know, in case I'm wrong? Uh, and and they're, I'm trying to prevaricate and pad the room as much as I can. And I'm, they're like, yeah, okay, so here's what I feel like I'm supposed to say. To the best of my ability to discern and judge, I believe this is the Lord, but you'll have to pray through it because it makes no sense. I have no context, but I just feel I'm supposed to say this. I stopped and I cleared my throat. <clears> throat> It's just one word, yellow, and that was the response right there. A little tension, a couple chuckles, and the pastor by that point is right here. I hand him the mic, and he goes, well, whatever that is, we'll leave that with the Lord. All right, well, hope, hope we had a great service. See you all next week. And it was kind of like, ah, oh, bummer, you know. And uh, you have to be kind of willing to be goofy for the Lord anyway, kind of get over yourself and your own stuff. But, but we also make mistakes, right? Only Jesus operated perfectly in the things of the Holy Spirit. The rest of us, we strive and grow and work it out, you know. So as, as people began to leave, even the pastor said to me, yellow, yeah, I, I mean, I know that feeling of you're supposed to do something for the Lord and it feels risky and whatever, but that, you know, it didn't, didn't land, obviously, whatever. So I'm like, I'm so sorry, pastor. You know, if anybody has grief over that, send them my way. I'll deal with it, whatever. And um, as we're walking out, a lady came up to us down the center aisle and she said, hey, could I just talk to you guys for a second? We're like, Sure. And she goes, first of all, I want to apologize so much for my daughter being so disruptive in the service. Um, she is 
high on the autism spectrum, special needs. And, um, and tonight, for whatever reason, she was just inconsolable. She doesn't have any language. And, uh, you know, she makes a, a lot of sounds, but there's no language. And tonight, she said, we tried everything. We had her here for the healing service, believing, praying for God to heal her. And, but she said, my husband looked at me halfway through the message and said, honey, it's just not even fair to her. I'm going to go take her home, and we'll watch the rest of the service online. You stay here. Um, you know, you, your mom's sitting there beside you. She can drive you home, and, and, um, and, and we'll pray and believe God there. You know, no big deal, but disappointing, you know. So she said the moment he left, near the end of the teaching, she said, theater seats like this. She, she said, I put my arm on the theater seat in front of me. They were sitting in the back, and she put her forehead on her forearm, and she goes, seriously, God? You couldn't help little Micaiah stay in a state of peace just long enough for her to receive prayer tonight? She's like, Jesus, I tried everything. We gave her all the stuff that makes her happy and consoles her. None of it worked tonight. And she said, then the service went on. And she said, I'm just, this is just brewing inside of me. I'm getting grumpier and grumpier. How many of you know, even though we're believers, we still deal with some of the feelings of contradiction and, and all those things that can be within the human experience, you know? And she's really stewing and brewing in this, and I don't blame her. I mean, I would have probably as a parent the same exact feelings. And she said as it went on, she goes, I got really grumpy and confrontive towards the Lord. And how many know he knows what you're thinking anyway, so you might as well say it. And hear yourself feel the sour taste on your tongue as you articulate. And she said, God, do you really even care about Micaiah? She said, then the healing prayer started. And then I got even grumpier. Lord, do you even love her? And then as the testimonies were going, she's like, well, maybe that was, that could have been Micaiah up there testifying tonight, you know. And she said, I got to the point where I said, Lord, do you even know her? And she said, the last question I said is like, Lord, you don't even know anything about her. You don't even care about Lord, you don't even know her favorite color. Yellow over the PA system. Immediately the response. She said, I just began to break and weep. And she said, open up your hand. So Pastor and I opened up our hand and she dropped in our hands and I passed it on to him. A little yellow plastic teddy bear like you get out of a gumball machine kind of a toy. And then she opened up her purse, and it's full of all these yellow trinkets. She said, the only stimulus that consoles Micaiah is something yellow. She said, it just enthralls her. It just, it just fires up her brain, and she loves that. And she said, tonight, she said, I took a little while. Well, she was the last one out of the auditorium because she was cleaning up all the yellow stuff that Micaiah had thrown on the floor. And she starts weeping, and she said, God answered me tonight, even though I was going through a very difficult time. But she said, I want you to take each one of these uh, yellow toys and pray for Micaiah. And I hope you'll join me in praying for her. She's been on my prayer list every day since. In fact, I've believe been believing God for even more than that. I've been believing God for a massive wholesale upgrade in the healing anointing for kids and people with learning disabilities. Wouldn't that be just the massive tidal wave of God's grace and love flowing? Wow. And, uh, but I hope you'll be praying for her, but I also want you to know that the Holy Spirit in all that he does will always have a sense of mystery involved in the way he works. We're going to pick up on this tonight. 
as we look at really encountering and receiving Him. But I want to ask you, would you stand up with me? Take a stretch. Reach for the sky. If you need to yawn a little bit, go for it. But I want to ask you, if you would end this service with me with a few moments of prayer. Is it okay if we pray in church? Yeah? And right where you're standing, I want to ask you, if you would assess your posture in embracing the Holy Spirit, maybe today will be the first step of, you know, just kind of opening up to Him. Although, if you're saved, you've He's actually been flying under your radar because He's the one that's delivering everything Jesus has to you. So why not just trust Him and receive from Him? But has anybody ever told you to go fly a kite? Yeah? Do me a favor. Turn to your neighbor and tell him, go fly a kite. All right? All right? You know, that's normally like, you know, hey, get out of my face, get lost, whatever. But I can't think of a better metaphor for opening up to the Holy Spirit in an incremental way than flying a kite. You've flown a kite before, right? So, uh, you know, the first part, you know, getting the string unwound is usually the hardest part. But um, the first part is just getting some air in the kite, you know, running and, and letting it catch catch some, some breeze, creating your, you know, the draft and everything for that. But once you get that kite up, everything else is up to your framework of comfortability. It all depends on how much string you let out. And you can start, just let out a little bit. Or if you're real daring, you can let out more and more and more. The only fear is that you might run out of string or you might get, you know, taken to the cosmos or something. But um, the idea of that is it's all up to you how comfortable you are. And in the next few moments, right where you're standing, I want to ask you to fly your openness to the Holy Spirit a little bit and to let out a little more string than maybe you have before and just trust Him. Remember the first time you lifted your hand in worship? Maybe for some of you, it was like a full-on panic attack, pit out your shirt moment because that's just an act of vulnerability, which is really what yielding and embracing the Holy Spirit is all about. And I want to ask you in these next few moments as we pray, whether you choose to, you know, verbalize your prayer in English or the language of the Spirit or stand in silence, I want to ask you if, if you would intentionally just push yourself and let a little more string out on that kite. Would you do that? And while you begin to do that, I'm going to give an opportunity for people to know Jesus. So if you already know Jesus as Savior, try to ignore me for a moment. Instead, right where you're at, would you just push yourself into God's presence? Maybe you're in this room or you're watching online and you've never surrendered your life to Jesus. This is the moment. I wonder over the years how many thousands and thousands of people have given their lives to Christ through the ministry of Radiant Life. Today is the day of salvation. If you have never asked Jesus to forgive your sin, this is the moment. This is the time. And whether you're present in this room or present online, you can reach out to Jesus. But you have a responsibility in receiving Christ. You have to ask him. You have to welcome him in. And this morning, without begging and pleading and singing a million songs, if you want to give your life to Jesus, if you're in this room, you can just wave a hand. If you're online, you can just put a comment in the feed below and just say, I want to receive Christ. And we can pray together right now. If you don't know Jesus, you can kind of follow this prayer if you'd like. Honestly, if you just talk to Jesus honestly out of your heart and welcome him, it's just as good. But sometimes people need some language. If you already know Jesus, would you take this next 30 seconds and would you uh, just ask him for a fresh cleansing from sin? You could pray like this, Heavenly Father, 
I believe that Jesus is your one and only son and that no one else can save me from my sins but Jesus. Jesus, forgive me now. Wash me clean. I invite you to not only save me from my sin and all of its consequence, but be the Lord and ruler of my life as well. Thank you for it, Lord. Thank you for it, Jesus. Now, come on, all over this room, would you just lift up a hand or two if you feel comfortable? And maybe if you don't, try it anyway. Come on, let's just open up to him. Would you lift your voice with me loud enough that you can hear yourself? Get over the fears and, oh, I welcome you, Holy Spirit. Would you take what is the master's and make it known to me? I'm hungry for you, Lord. Oh, Spirit of Jesus, anoint each one of us, enable each one of us to hear your voice more clearly than ever before. I trust you, Holy Spirit. I trust you, Holy Spirit. Now, come on, just lift your hand an inch higher. Lift your voice a decibel louder. Let out some more string on your kite. Allow yourself to become more vulnerable. Oh, Spirit of Jesus, what do you have for me this week? How can I be more like Jesus in my personal life this week? How can I be more like Jesus and say what he wants me to say and do what he wants me to do in ministering to others this week? I welcome you, Holy Spirit, into my most weak and vulnerable areas. Thank you. The Spirit helps us in our weakness, Romans 8 says. I trust you for that. Oh, thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Now, come on, just let out a little more string. Let him in a little bit deeper right now. Would you invite him? Holy Spirit, what do you most, most urgently want to change in my life so I can be more like Jesus? What sacrifice do you require so I can be less like me and more like him? Spirit of the Lord, Spirit of the Lord. Even stronger, please, Holy Spirit, reveal Jesus in this room. Shed abroad in our hearts the love of Christ. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. I feel that God is ministering to many this morning. You've been going through uh, some sort of, it feels almost like a pressure or an oppression upon your life of overwhelming discouragement. The Lord is coming right now and he's watering your soul. You can feel the rivers bubbling up inside. Just let them bubble. Let them bubble. Don't be afraid. Spring up, oh well. Spring up, oh well. Spring up, oh well. There's someone that you're dealing with an issue with a nerve in your face and the Lord is touching runs along your jaw and cheek and the Lord is touching you right now. You can thank you for that, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you for your grace. Thank you for your grace. I feel the power of God in my wrists right now. Something going on, whatever that is. Thank you for your goodness. Thank you, Jesus. There's this warmth flowing down the spine right now. Lord, I just pray you'd heal every back need in this room. Strengthen, strengthen. Strengthen, Lord, for those who just say, I just feel so lost. I just feel so confused. The picture I'm seeing in my spirit is of like a child on a merry-go-round and you're or on the like the, the playground one where you run and hop on and you're just so dizzy and almost disoriented and everything around you feels so blurry. Lord, just lay your hand upon your servants that are struggling in that way. Let them just feel, you say, peace, be still, and immediately the heightened waves collapse into a sea of glass. Let the peace of God keep our hearts and minds safe in Christ Jesus. 
you're feeling pain anywhere in your body, just lay your hand there if it's appropriate right now, Lord. We just thank you for sending your healing grace right now into the bodies of your people. Touch your people today. Touch your people today. Thank you for your goodness. Thank you for your goodness and peace. Thank you. I just heard the Holy Spirit speaking about balance. He's restoring balance, like walking balance. Thank you for your goodness, Lord. Touch your people. Touch your people. Touch your people. We could continue in that, just that vein of prayer. I mentioned Pastor Brian before, and he just had an appointment, and the people say that he should be farther along than he is. And can we just pray right now that uh, his breathing, his strength, all of those things, I really believe, I mentioned Wednesday night, a week and a half ago, what I really believe God did in me. Uh, can we pray that this morning, Pastor Brian, that his life, that it's turned around from this moment and uh, that he would be able to rebuild that strength. So Lord, we are so thankful, God, that you're with us, that you heal, that each person today that was spoken to about what you are doing and what you've done in their life, healing, restoration, balance, all of these things, Lord, we thank you for it. We are so thankful that you move and speak to us down to a word yellow for a lady, Lord Jesus. We pray for Michaela, Lord, this morning. Lord, we pray for Pastor Brian that right now, Lord, that strength would begin to just flood his body, that his breathing, his lungs, that everything would work as they should, that there would be nothing that shouldn't be, and if there is, that those things would be removed in the name of Jesus, that you would heal him, that you would restore him, God. So we pray that right now, even from this moment, he would begin to feel that, feel that strength, God, and that you would encourage him uh, build him up as he hates being just stuck in his house. He wants to go do things with people and hang out with people and be with people. So Lord, we pray you would just build him right now. And Lord, for anybody else in the room, maybe their specific thing wasn't mentioned. Lord, we pray the same. Touch them, be with them, uphold them, build them up in you this morning. And Holy Spirit, for every one of us, let us hear you this week. Let us walk in you this week. Let us trust you this week. And Lord, would you help us to be bold, to let out some of that strength, maybe at work or maybe with somebody at, at a, a grocery store, wherever we might go. Lord, that when you speak, let us be bold to pray, to build up. And Lord, not even just to pray with ourselves, but to go and pray for them, with them, God. And Lord, we pray that miracles would happen, that people would come to know you. Lord, that one more person over and over and over again would come to experience you, Jesus, as we're open and we say yes to you. So Lord, we thank you, we praise you, and we worship you. You are so good. You're so good. It's all in your name, Jesus, we pray. Amen and amen. Thank you so much, Radiant Life Church, for being here. Pastor Tim, thank you for bringing a word today for every one of us in the place that is so good. Yes, let's give him a round of applause. We love you all. Have a great week. Be careful what you watch. Be careful what you listen to. Be careful what you talk about savor the presence of Jesus. Have a good one.